Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 10th of October. India's COVID-19 tally inched closer to the 70 lakh or 7 million mark as the country reported over 73,000 new cases of COVID-19 and more than 900 deaths in the last 24 hours. India's recovery rate, however, increased marginally to 85.8%. Vulnerability to COVID-19 among patients and staff at government-run mental institutions has come to the fore with the State Health Department recording a total of 188 cases at four such hospitals in Pune, Thane, Nagpur and Ratnagiri. Out of them, 68 are patients and 120 are staff members. The National Health Body, NCDC, has revised its strategy for COVID-19 control in Delhi and has recommended rationalising contact tracing after workplaces in the city started emerging as hotspots. The report also recommended all symptomatic cases reported from densely populated areas to be isolated only in COVID care centres. Yesterday, in a report, NCDC had warned that Delhi should prepare for 15,000 daily COVID-19 cases during winters. As a part of the detailed COVID-19 guidelines issued for the bipoles to eight assembly seats in Gujarat on November 3rd, the state government has prohibited the use of sofas on the stage built for political gatherings and also stated that such gatherings should be limited to 200 people. Prior permission of respective DMs or police commissioners will also have to be sought for organising any election-related activities. Kerala Health Minister K.K. Shelja has said that though Kerala is witnessing a spike in COVID-19 cases of late, there is a silver lining. That the mortality rate in the state is only 0.36%. She also praised the tireless efforts of health workers in the state and urged people not to overwhelm the healthcare system by their negligence. India has donated 1.8 million N95 masks to Philadelphia, the largest city in the U.S. state of Pennsylvania, to help in its fight against COVID-19 under the Indo-U.S. partnership in the health sector. The move comes after the mayor of Philadelphia, Jim Kenney, made a request to India for supply of masks to be used by the city's frontline workers. The Ministry of Home Affairs on Saturday issued an advisory to the states and union territories for dealing with the rising instances of crimes against women and said that any failure on the state police's part to adhere to the laid-down rules will not augur well for the delivery of justice. The directive comes amid criticism of the Uttar Pradesh police for its handling of the Hatras case where it drew flag for allegedly intimidating the kin of the deceased and refusing to hand over the body of the victim to the family. In the two-page advisory, the Home Ministry's Women's Safety Division highlighted three key sections of the Code of Criminal Procedure that deal with compulsory registration of FIR, completion of investigation in relation to rape within 60 days, and a mandatory medical examination with consent of the individual by a qualified medical professional within 24 hours of the receipt of information of such a crime. It also asked the police to treat the dying declaration of the victim as a matter of fact, ensure use of sexual assault evidence collection kit, ensure the completion of investigation of such cases within two months and use the national database on sexual offenders to identify and track repeat offenders. States and union territories were asked to issue instructions in compliance with these provisions. In other Hatras-related news, four days after sedition and UAPA charges were invoked against a journalist, two members of the Campus Front of India and a driver, the CFI addressed a press conference at the Delhi Press Club to discuss the illegality and arbitrary nature of the arrest of two of its members along with the Kerala journalist earlier this week. It stated that two of their members were assigned by the body to go and express solidarity with the victim's family. 
Addressing the media, CFI National General Secretary Rauf Sharif said, and I quote, Since when did a journalist going somewhere to acquire accurate information with a mobile phone or laptop to take down notes become a crime? How is this seditious? This is an extreme case of abuse of power. Unquote. He said that the case was baseless and it is a student organization's moral duty to express solidarity with the victim's family. He further added, and I quote again, In fact, one of the persons arrested is a driver from Delhi's Trilokpuri who was merely taking them to Hatras. Unquote. He also said that Siddiq Kapan, being a journalist, perhaps was in touch with social activists who decided to accompany him to Hatras as they were going in the same direction. The Enforcement Directorate, meanwhile, clarified yesterday that there are no links between the Popular Front of India and the Chandrasekhar Azad-led Bhim Army. The central agency also dismissed any talk about 100 crore rupees of foreign funds having been pumped into instigating violence in Hatras. ED's clarification comes after former UP Director General of Police Bridgelal claimed that the Bhim Army was trying to mislead the family of the victim. Also, a team of medical experts who visited the family of the Hatras victim was not allowed to take medical examination of a family member reportedly having COVID-related symptoms. Disinformation was revealed by a doctor who was a part of the team. The team had visited the family in Hatras after they received a complaint that the family member was having symptoms of COVID-19, including a cough and fever. A large number of policemen, journalists and political leaders who visited Hatras have tested positive for COVID-19. Talking of Uttar Pradesh and its response to crimes against women, in August this year, the CBI had accused four officials in Uttar Pradesh of not acting against Kuldeep Singh Senghar, a former BJP legislator from Unnao who is currently serving a life sentence for kidnapping and raping a minor girl. The Uttar Pradesh government, led by Ajay Bish, popularly known as Yogi Adityanath, has not taken any discernible action against the three IPS officers so far. Instead, it handed one of them a comfortable posting just three weeks after getting the CBI's letter. To know more about this, do read Ayush's report on the same. It is titled, Unnao Yogi Government Cleared Promoted Top Officials Accused of Protecting BJP MLA in Rape Case. A special national investigation agency court in Mumbai on Friday sent 83-year-old Jesuit priest and human rights activist Stan Swami to judicial custody till October 23rd. Swami was taken into custody from a Jesuit-run social centre where he lives in Ranchi on Thursday night in connection with the Bhima Koregao case. The court remanded him in judicial custody as the central agency did not ask for it. Swami is the 16th person to be arrested in the case. Earlier in the day, the NIA filed a charge sheet against eight activists for their alleged involvement in inciting violence at Bhima Koregao in 2018. Swami Gautam Navlakha Anantel Tumre and Delhi University Professor Hani Babu were among those named in the charge sheet booked under the Indian Penal Code and Unlawful Activities Prevention Act or UAPA. This was NIA's first charge sheet after it took over the investigation in January. The Pune police had earlier filed two charge sheets in connection with the Elgar Parishad case against these activists. NIA officials told PTI that investigation had established that Swami was actively involved in activities of CPIM, a banned organization, and was in touch with other conspirators. The NIA also claimed that Swami had received funds through an associate to help the group's agenda and that he was also the convener of the Persecuted Prisoner Solidarity Committee, which they said was a frontal organization for the CPIM. NIA also claimed to have recovered literature and propaganda material linked to it. The Mumbai police issued summons to the Chief Financial Officer or CFO of Republic Media Network to appear before it in connection with the TRP scam. 
In addition to the CFO, S. Sundaram, two agencies that are involved in getting advertisements of the channel were also issued summons to appear before the police. The accountants of TV channels called Box Cinemas and Fakt Marathi were alleged to have paid for high TRPs and were issued summons to join the probe. Republic Sundaram, however, did not appear citing personal commitments and requested that the summons be rescheduled. The police, meanwhile, said that it will write to the Broadcast Audience Research Council or BARC seeking details of any suspicious activities on part of a few other channels, including India Today. While India Today has been named in the FIR as a channel that allegedly made payments to Hansa Research Group, which calculates TRP for BARC, the Mumbai police has said that purely on the basis of the interrogation of the accused, prima facie, it does not appear that India Today was involved. Jayashri, in her recent piece on the TRP scam and how the media has been covering it, aptly said, and I quote, Apart from taking TV news debates to nightly new lows, we suppose Republic TV's Arnab Goswami can also be credited for acting as fevy quick for the legacy TV media. An industry divided by cutthroat competition and constant one-upmanship, united like never before over the past two days to censure Goswami. Unquote. Her piece highlights how a section of TV news that joined the bandwagon in blaming Republic as the sole culprit for the decline of TV news in India has so easily forgotten their own transgressions from basic ethics. To find out more about it, read the piece titled Divided by TRPs United Against Arnab Goswami Debates on the Rating Scam. Also, you can read our in-depth report from two years ago where we had pointed out how TV ratings are fixed. The report titled the same is available on our website newslaundry.com. If you're still curious to know more and understand this issue better, please browse through the media section of our website and you'll find a ton of content on the same. News Laundry saw this coming a long time ago and took a stand. This is exactly why News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform and that is why we are able to bring you ground reports about stories that actually matter. So dear listeners, show us your appreciation by hitting that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com. It is the only way we can survive in this world dominated by legacy media. The Centre on Friday told the Supreme Court that it was not possible to provide more relief to different sectors affected by the coronavirus crisis, adding that the courts should not interfere in fiscal policy. The centre's response came after the Supreme Court on Monday said that the government's affidavit on waiving interest on interest on loans up to 2 crore rupees was not satisfactory and must be submitted again. It had asked the government to consider the concerns of real estate and electricity producers in the fresh affidavits and said that the centre did not deal with several matters raised by the petitioners. The Reserve Bank of India, meanwhile, said that further relief, besides the waiving off of compound interest, will be detrimental to the national economy and the banking sector. It also said that it would hurt small borrowers the most. It also suggested an alternative solution which includes adhering to the resolution framework for COVID-19-related stress first announced on August 6, 2020. The RBI said that it will enable the lenders to implement a resolution plan in respect of personal loans as well as other exposures affected due to the pandemic. And now for some international updates. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 36.9 million people around the world and has killed more than 1.07 million. Europe reported more than 100,000 new cases for the first time. UK, Russia, Spain, France and Italy are among the countries with a rising number of cases. France is now experiencing a sharp rise in cases. New infections in the country jumped by more than 20,000 in one day for the first time. 
The country's health minister said that Lyon, the country's third biggest city, and three other cities will have to close down their bars in the coming days, as Paris and Marseille have done in a bid to slow down the spread of the virus. The American government on Friday signed an agreement with AstraZeneca worth $486 million to develop and secure supplies of up to 100,000 doses of COVID-19 antibody treatment. It was the same treatment that was supposedly used on the President Donald Trump. AstraZeneca said it plans to supply the doses starting towards the end of 2020 and the US government can acquire up to an additional 1 million doses in 2021 under a separate agreement. Meanwhile, the Commission on Presidential Debates confirmed that the next presidential debate has been cancelled. It comes after a public disagreement between the two candidates over the debate's format. Trump, who recently tested positive for COVID-19, is planning to hold two in-person events over the next few days. The president is expected to address a crowd from a White House balcony today about law and order and is also expected to attend a rally in Florida on Monday. Donald Trump has also given an interview on camera to Fox News that was broadcast on Tucker Carlson tonight. Trump could be seen saying, and I quote, I know a lot of people that had the COVID or the China virus, as I call it, because it came from China. But I feel really, really strong and a lot of people don't feel that way. Unquote. He said that when he went into hospital for treatment, he did not feel as the President of the United States should feel and did not feel very vital, but he said that he had no problems breathing. Trump was asked if he had been tested again for COVID-19 and his answer was less than clear. Trump said that he had not been retested and he had not even found out the numbers, but then he said, and I quote, I'm either at the bottom of the scale or free. It is really at the level that it's been great to see it disappear. Unquote. China, meanwhile, has claimed that COVID-19 broke out in various parts of the world last year, but it was the only country to have reported and taken action against it. Beijing also denied US's allegations that the virus first emerged from a biolab in Wuhan or from the country's wet markets. US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, acknowledging the threat that China poses on the Quad Nations, said that the country has deployed 60,000 soldiers at its border with India. He also said that India absolutely needs the United States to be their ally and partner in this fight. Foreign ministers from the Quad countries that include US, India, Australia and Japan met in Tokyo on Tuesday for the first in-person talks since the pandemic began. On his return to the US, Pompeo gave three interviews during which he spoke of China's bad behaviour and said that the tide had begun to turn. He said, and I quote, I was with my foreign minister counterparts from India, Australia and Japan, four big democracies, four powerful economies, four nations, each of whom has a real risk associated with the threats attempting to be imposed by the Chinese Communist Party. And they see it in their home countries too. Unquote. In another show, he said, and I quote, but they've all seen it, whether it's the Indians who are actually having a physical confrontation with the Chinese up in the Himalayas in the northeastern part of India, the Chinese have now begun to amass huge forces against India in the north, unquote. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.